This is the Unique Smiles Podcast, a podcast featuring stories of people with facial paralysis and the challenges they've faced, with your host, Brian April. Hey everybody, it's Brian April uh, here with the Unique Smiles Podcast, and uh, I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoy it. It's a, a, a thing I really enjoyed doing, and um, before we uh, get going today. I just want to remind you, feel free to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave comments, feedbacks, reviews, anything we can do to, to try to make it uh, better. Uh, we're happy to do so. Also want to send a, a quick shout out to our, uh, our sponsors today at the Facial Paralysis and Bell's Palsy Foundation. Um, Lisa and the gang over there uh, have done an amazing thing. And uh, they're the reason I'm actually uh, knowing any of this or doing any of this. Uh, the Facial Paralysis and Bell's Palsy Foundation, they're a nonprofit organization uh, who are dedicated to raising awareness of facial paralysis concerns within the medical community and society at large. As some of you may know, there are a lot of doctors out there who don't know uh, as much as you would think they would about facial paralysis and the different types of things uh, that go on. So if you need support, they have support group meetings over there. They have events uh, and all sorts of things over there. So just go out and check them out. It's a Facial Paralysis Foundation. Dot org. That's www.facialparalysisfoundation.org. And while we're at it, I'd send one more shout out to my good friends at Rise Physical Therapy here in San Diego. Uh, now, Rise Physical Therapy has multiple locations throughout San Diego and is the only clinic that treats patients one-on-one -on -one with a provider for the whole session. Uh, not everybody does that. So uh, their individualized uh, approach to therapy helps patients of all ages and diagnoses. They also have access to other facilities and wellness modalities like whole body uh, electric cryotherapy that no other facility has. Um, so check them out, Naveed and Rachel, uh, risephysicaltherapy.com, www.riseephysicaltherapy.com, risephysicaltherapy.com. Uh, today we are joined by uh, somebody I've gotten to know over the past few years and I, I consider a friend now. Um, uh, the one, the only, uh, Mary Jo Buttafuoco. Mary Jo, how are you today? Thanks for taking some time. Uh, well, hello, Brian. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm fine. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, now, Mary Jo, we were talking uh, yesterday, and I was just saying, um, I think for, for those who don't know, I think your story is probably one of the the three maybe biggest news stories, especially before the Internet, uh, what it became – um, now, uh, I think it's right up there with, uh, you know, the OJ Simpson case and the, uh, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding case, but, uh, yours obviously went on a little bit longer than that. And, um, yeah, yeah pretty, uh, pretty, you think? Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting, um, um, case. And we're not going to get too, too into the details, but, uh, for those who weren't uh, necessarily born or, or maybe were living under a rock at that time. Uh, I'll just give a, <laughs> a quick, a quick um, uh, backstory. Uh, you were married out in Long Island. Um, your your husband was having an affair with a 17-year-old, and then she came to confront you, and uh, when you turned to kind of go away, she uh, pulled out a gun and shot you in the head, and uh, that left you with uh, facial paralysis and, and almost dead, and thankfully you uh, obviously survived, and um, the mm -hmm. whole big trial and everything happened after that uh and uh and that's been what 20 almost 20, 27 years now something like that 26 years it'll be in may wow um yeah. 
that's uh that's it's an insane story and it's uh it's crazy and like so we're not gonna get too into it today and i know that you wrote um a, a book about uh some of your experience it's been made into to several movies um and i know you had a book it was a 2009 um and it was what getting it through my thick skull i believe is the title is that correct yes getting it through my thick skull uh it's available on amazon so it's basically the story of the journey of what happened to me then and what has happened to me since and uh you know how it affected me and my life and then realizing that uh, i had been married to a sociopath wow uh yes so if anyone um wants to uh check that out it's it's just a, an amazing amazing story uh, i always find it interesting when you talk about it and uh mary joe uh and i well i i being a stand-up comedian i have sort of a a weird sense of humor and uh mary joe and i were talking about this yesterday about after saying things for so long it almost becomes like commonplace like yep okay that's that's what it is so and, <laughs> and you, you would I, I think that you have to have a sense of humor about things because life is very tough uh under the best of circumstances and i mean i've always had a macabre sense of humor i I'd always you know it's it's what's gotten me through a lot of it because there were certain times in my life that I just wish I didn't wake up. You know, they hadn't woken up. And you go through those periods and then you have to get through that and realize that, you know, life goes on. And, and you, I, I kind of find that if you don't take it so seriously, there's so many other people, there's so many other things in life going on that for, for whatever reason, Brian, you and I were put here to talk to others, help others, let others see us as we are, you know, who knows why? I don't know that we'll ever get the answer, but it's not a bad place to be, is it? No, you know, it's it's surprising because um, I feel the same. You know, I, I was uh, doing comedy and uh, and I got sick with uh, my illness and I was like, well, there goes my career. And, I, right. you know, I didn't know why that was happening. And when you step back and you look at it, there there are people who there are a lot of people who have it way worse. Uh, even still, as much as you know, I felt bad about myself or, or whatever. Um, and I know not mm -hmm. everybody's in the the same point of re uh, their recovery with facial paralysis right. as, as we are. Um, right. But it was just like you know, I can still go to the beach. I can still listen to music. I can still you know um, enjoy sunshine. I can you know there. Yeah. There's things mm -hmm. that I can still do, and then I started to get out and just laugh at myself. And now, actually, I'm probably way more um, memorable as a performer and as a comedian because I have a, a message of uh, vulnerability, of truth, and of something you know greater than just telling jokes. So exactly. It's exactly. A, yeah, it's interesting, and and it's something that I've really enjoyed doing these past few years is just getting out and talking to to others because you just see the the impact, and that's when you feel like you're actually doing something greater than you know uh, you're doing something good, and it just kind of feels good for the soul. So it's uh. Yeah, everybody, and of course, this as you said, it, it's it's everybody has their own journey. And where they're at in it is where they're at in it. There's no saying, well, at the first year, you're supposed to feel like this. And by the third year, you're supposed to feel like this. It takes as long as it takes. I've been on this journey for 26 years. That's a long-ass time. Like, I, I don't forget <laughs> that I was ever young, that I ever had little kids, that I ever had a normal smile or I could hear. But I did. I, I had a whole life before this. But this is my life now. And 
the thing is you find out everybody has something, everybody, whether it's an illness, a divorce, uh, you know, a secret, uh, there's just so many things. And when you drop that, that guard, people want to tell you their stuff and you share and sharing, as we know, is, is very helpful. It heals. It helps heal. It doesn't change anything, but it helps heal. And that's all that we can offer at this point. And that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. And just, uh, I think there's a lot of people and I know, uh, especially for me, it was just holding on to it. And once I started to just say the words out loud and, and talk about, you know, my feelings and my emotions and what I was going through, it just started to make me lighter and lighter and lighter. Um, and it's just, yeah. and it, but it does help to be around people who, who truly understand because most people will be like, Oh, it doesn't look that bad. It's barely noticeable. And, and, right. and we're always like hypersensitive to it. Like, Oh, I can totally tell. So, um, but I think, yeah, like getting any out there and just, uh, talking to people who understand and just getting it off your chest, whether it's going through therapy or whatever really is a, a big, mm -hmm. uh, thing for me. Um, so at what point? Did you start to like, because when this happened, there was nothing out there. There was no internet, really. There was nothing about Bell's palsy, anything, or facial paralysis. At what point did you start to like, start to look into those sort of options and, you know, where, where you could go, what you could do, if there was anything you could do? Well, actually, it all came to me. Um, you're right. When this happened in 1992, I was in the hospital once they determined that I was going to survive, um, then they did things, they put electrodes on my face and, and zapped me with that, which was so painful and so frightening, and it didn't help, and I had a patch on my eye because my eye wouldn't close, and I couldn't eat um, or swallow because I had paralysis in my, in my uh, esophagus, and just all this stuff, and it wasn't, there was nothing, there was nothing, and years went by years went by and it wasn't until i appeared on the oprah winfrey show in 2005 that uh, you know they'd gotten a hold of me like what's she up to what's she doing and i went on and talked about my journey and what had happened and it was there that uh, dr Day's wife was watching the show she was eight months pregnant with her son and he was a plastic surgeon, and he at the time was starting this looking into facial paralysis. He was a plastic surgeon, but he was looking into more of the Bell's palsy and, and trauma, brain tumors, things like that that had caused paralysis of facial muscles. So he was kind of looking into that. So it was like a gift from God. They got a hold of the Oprah Winfrey Show, and the Oprah Winfrey Show got a hold of me, and I got a hold of the doctor. And again, blessings. I lived in L.A. He's in Beverly Hills. I went and saw him, and he said, I can help you, and showed me things that for 13 years, I thought, well, it's over. This is, this is it. This is what you're going to live with, and I kind of accepted it. I had gotten accepting of it, and, and then it started on this journey, and so being that I had a public name and I was on television, we went on and said, listen, you, this, is, this doctor, he can help with facial paralysis, Bell's palsy, go see him, and People who saw me on that show got a hold of the doctor to say, I've never seen anybody like me on television. That woman has what I have. That's what I look like. 
And it was this, this like snowball that just started as a little snowball that started rolling down the hill. And as this went on and I had the surgery and it helped my, my appearance and we went, and then him and I, like, I don't know, eight, eight months later went on the show. And then we got together and we started talking about a foundation. What can we do with this? I had, you know, he has the know-how and I had the name kind of a thing. So we got together and with some other people, Lisa McKinley being very prominent, one of them, mm-hmm. started talking about a foundation that can go for this. And it, it went from there. And so we built this. We got a hold of some people, a doctor who knew, who worked with uh, facial process uh, uh, patients. And we went to meetings and we started putting it out there. And it just one thing led to another. Uh, the, the foundation has only been around, I think, since 2007. And it was just like four or five of us sitting around a table going, what can we do with this? How can we help? And, and, and here we are, you know, in 2018, all these years later, and we've got a website and a foundation and meetings. And how fantastic is that? And all because some dopey little lady opened her door to some 17-year-old kid back in 1992 <laughs> and got her head blown off. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> You know, who knows you had a a higher purpose, you know, than than that. (laughs) Look at all the people that uh, it's funny how like just one little turn of of, of fate uh, just changes the whole, you know, arc of your uh, of your life and what you end up doing. It's it's insane. So it's uh, um, absolutely. And believe me, there were many times where I'd be crying at night going, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be this. I just want to go back to being who I was. Right. And you, you have to feel that, and you have to mourn it. I had to mourn the loss of me just being who I was, and now this is what I am. And age helps a lot. You, you start to accept a lot of things. And it's not, it's not a bad deal that, that what happened to me can help others. Because that's the whole point, Brian. If, if something happens to you that's tragic, if you can help somebody else along the way, then it's okay. That makes it more worth it. Absolutely. I, and I, you know, if you had told me that beforehand, I would be like, no way. But now having gone through it, uh, I, I totally, yes! I totally agree. It's, it's, it's a very weird, um, mind mindset, uh, shift, um, when that happens yes. and you do, you kind of have to mourn that, uh, that the loss because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm online with, uh, some support groups and stuff. And I see a lot of people just mourning the loss of who they used to be. Um, and it, it's kind of a tough thing, you know, and for me, I was trying to do movies and whatever, but you know, they're not casting, you know, fat balding guys on, uh, <laughs> to, to be Hollywood lead. So right. I think my career was probably yeah. over anyway, uh, <laughs> um, which was good. I do have to ask though. Uh, and then we'll, we'll talk a little more about the foundation. Um, the Oprah show, what was that like to, to go on? I mean, I know you had been on TV, uh, prior just because of all the news coverage, but to go on Oprah right. and for people who didn't know, you know, don't know what, what Oprah was, Oprah was just huge. I mean, just the, the biggest right. show like ever. Um, right. so what was it like to go on that, uh, and talk to her and, um, and you know, with, with the facial paralysis and just face the world like with that, how, how did you muster up that, that courage? Yeah, I have to think about that because, it, it was just one of those, it was very strange. Give me two minutes, I'll tell you the story in a, in a nutshell. Amy Fisher was on the show. She's the one who shot me in the head. She went on the show first. She wrote a book, and she was promoting it. And of all people, Oprah Winfrey had her on the show. 
my family and my friend, we were outraged, of course. It's like, what? You know, this is a criminal, and you're Oprah. I mean, of all we figured, Jerry Springer, yes, but Oprah? Why would she even address anybody like this? So my beautiful daughter, Jessica, who was in college at the time, wrote a scathing letter to the Oprah show saying, how can you, you know, give this woman any time? She's done nothing with her life, and this is what she did to my family and my mother, that, 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 that. Well, the producer got a hold of my daughter, and my daughter, as I said, she was in college, and I was in my home. We were miles and miles away, and she gets a call from this producer. Mom, Mom, the Oprah Winfrey Show wants us. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, for heaven's sake, Jesse, no, we're not going to do this. What? She was, like, so excited. To me, it was just one more talk show. I really didn't see it as anything spectacular at the time then. I do now, but I didn't then. So one thing led to another, and Jesse was the one who talked to the producers and said, you know, my mother has this injury, and as the years go by, I can see it's changing her. Uh, she's now 50 years old. She's a little self-conscious about the That is my daughter saying this to the producers. She didn't say it to me. <laughs> so that was how it kind of got to be where they said, you know, we'd like you to come on the show. We've got a lot of doctors that watch. We've got a lot of people that watch. You know, maybe we can get you help. Never thinking in a million years it would turn into what it turned into. So, as you said, we got flown to Chicago. I was extremely calm. I, I don't know why. Maybe because I had already, it was 13 years. I was 13 years into this shooting. I'd been on a million different shows. I'd done this a thousand times. And I kind of thought of Oprah as like, like she, her and I were the same age, and just like a nice lady and whatever. I, and it was so nice, and she was so nice, and the show was so nice. I wound up going back on again the following year, and then I did a follow-up a couple of years later when they did the Where Are They Now? So I've had a very nice affiliation with the show. She's a great human being, a right, you know, regular, normal lady, just like us. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh... – <laughs> And I like that the that uh, your daughter wrote this this angry uh, letter to, and I think that's fantastic because uh, it's it's interesting. You see, with like a lot of the uh, the shootings and, and things like that that are going on now, they're always just glor not not glorifying, yeah. but almost making them a, a martyr uh, and and promoting, I think the uh, the the assailants and the instead of the victims. And I think that's a that's something the media should. Probably and when share. I think about it, like she. She was nine when I got shot. Wow. And so by the time this happened, you know, she's in college. She's an adult. She has her own voice. And for her to use it to defend me and do this for me, you know, I just, I mean, I love her with all my heart. I love both my children. It just, it, it was so wonderful. What can I say? You know, I'm so proud of her for, for doing this. Hmm. And how can I not live up to her expectations? She thinks I'm a great lady, so all right. <laughs> okay, I'll let you think that. <laughs> there you go. That's good, because usually when we uh, we get older around that time, it's, it always kind of shifts back and forth as to you know how we feel about our parents. So that's great that you right. had that uh, that relationship. Um, so now you didn't have any, like, synchinesis or anything like that, uh, right? Oh, yes. Do. Oh, yes, you... I did. Yes, I do. Absolutely. Oh, okay. What was uh? Where did you have the uh, synchinesis? Uh, oh well, my. I mean, let me explain what synchinesis. Oh, okay. Is. Apologies. Uh, if you don't know what synchinesis is, that is um, involuntary muscle movement. Um, uh, when you go to move a muscle as a result of your nerves rewiring incorrectly. So if you, for me, for example, if I make a circle with my mouth, like I go to drink from a straw, my eye will close. Correct. 
I have that to this day. What has helped it, I had it terribly bad. You know, I would talk and my my right eye would would wink. Mm -hmm. And as you said, you make a cursing with your mouth or you go to drink or eat. And uh, my eye would just twitch and involuntary. And my neck muscles would stretch. And I, I have it to this day. But because of the treatments that I have gotten over the years, which they now have, which is the Botox, it has um, relieved it quite immensely that it's not quite so um, prominent. But certainly, so again, as you say, when people say, oh, yeah, it's not so bad. But when I speak and I purse my lips, my right eye does twitch. Mm -hmm. Not as badly as it does because I do get the Botox injections, which releases the, the muscles and relaxes them so it's not so obvious. Excellent. Yeah, mine... Uh... <laughs> Mine when I chew on the left side, it looks like I'm I'm signaling like Morse code or something. It's it's uh, pretty uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. So yeah, and I had it down through my neck and uh, all of that. It was just really uh, weird. I've been doing physical therapy lately for it, and they stretched out my chest, and I could feel it in my eye when they stretched my chest, which was very bizarre. Wow. Um, so they yeah. yeah so just moving my chest because it um you get all this fascia that builds up and connects. And it's not that there's anything right. that connects from your chest to your eye. It's just all that stuff kind of builds up and all pulls together. So they worked on my chest and my neck and we're like kind of working up. And that's actually uh -huh. helped a lot with my eye. My eye doesn't close nearly as much now when I drink out of a, a straw. So that's been fun. Have you uh, gotten Botox? I haven't. I, I wanted to try uh, physical therapy first. Um, all right, well. I do recommend it. You know, it sounds so she-she, like, oh, Botox. Right. It's, <laughs> but it's really a miracle because it, it, it those, those muscles and, and those tendons and all that tighten and are tight and they're all rewired crooked. The injections relaxes the muscle. It's kind of one of those things like when they discovered it and it was great for wrinkles and all this stuff, they found that if they gave it to people who had uh, palsies uh, or, or, you know, let's say were paralyzed, and, you know, what happens is you've seen that. Anybody in a wheelchair, their arms and their hands and their feet tend to curl up mm -hmm. because the, the muscles atrophy because of not use. And they, the Botox, they find, relaxes those. It didn't give them back the feeling, but it relaxed the muscles enough so they weren't so tense and so tight. And that's painful. It, it's painful when it's like that all the time. Yeah, you really don't... So, uh, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so it's, it's like a miracle that one of this product uh, that works for, you know, cosmetic reasons is now wonderful for people with facial paralysis and, and palsy. Absolutely. And I, I was going to say, I didn't realize how much pain I was in until it went away um, with this, the, the yeah. massage and stuff. It, you know, you just kind of get used to it because that's all you know. So, um, right. now you didn't oh, yeah. do, did you try any like acupuncture or anything like that or? No. And I think because by the time I met with the doctor, I was 14 years into my paralysis mm -hmm. and I hadn't really, nobody had offered other than electroshock, which I absolutely hated. And I said, I'd rather live looking like this than go through that. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, I had, an, I had other things to deal with. I had lost my, uh, my vision in the one eye and, and my hearing in my right eye and the paralysis in my esophagus. So I had a lot of other physical problems resulting from the shooting. So it was just one of those things. I was just grateful to be alive and being able to walk and talk and, 
uh, take care of my family again. So I kind of just that I lived with it. That's that's it. This is what you got. This is what you got to live with. So 14 years by that time to try anything physical therapy, I pretty much I think uh, it was already cemented in, if you will, that mm-hmm. there wasn't anything they could do that way. If it, if it had been earlier in the procedure, like they do now, if you have the palsy or facial paralysis, they get you right away to start doing physical therapy. Right. They didn't have that 20 years ago. No, that's, and it's, uh, there's, yeah, it's, it's really just starting to evolve now too. It's, it's really even the last maybe five, seven years that this whole thing yeah. started to, to really come around. And now there's a, a bigger presence online, uh, including the, right. uh, the facial paralysis and Bell's palsy foundation, which you are, uh, a, a, a member of, or the, one of the founders of. Um, mm-hmm. and so, like you said, you, you, you met with Dr. Aziza day and, uh, with Lisa, who's a, an amazing, uh, fantastic person as well. And so what, yeah. what kind of, um, things does the facial paralysis and, and Bell's palsy foundation do? What are the, some of the things that they are, uh, what are you guys doing currently? Well, certainly we have had, as you know, uh, a couple of walks awareness walks it's it's a new frontier uh you know somewhere somewhere along the line somebody susan g coleman somebody's sister said you know my my sister died of cancer and i'm gonna uh, promote this and now all these years later it's turned into this foundation the elizabeth glass glaser foundation for uh pediatric aids everything starts unfortunately from a tragedy usually right but when there is a tragedy, and we're going through it now, we're seeing a big movement with the guns. Um, I hope and pray that maybe this time something will happen. It hasn't yet, but it, it will. It will. Uh, when I, just off the subject, a uh, hundred years ago in 1976, I was in a car accident. But I was hit by a drunk driver. There were no laws back then. There was no mad. There was no mother against drunk driving. A guy got a ticket, and I almost got killed. And, oh, well, you know, that's the way it goes. Right. Nowadays, we have laws. You go to jail now for that. It didn't – 40 years ago, it didn't exist. So what you're saying with the foundation, it's it's new. We're still in the inception, but I feel it it working up. We, We have people who are getting in touch. We're having the walks. We're having benefits. We're talking about it. We have meetings. They're in a few states now. And I just see it growing from here. And that is an amazing thing. Yep. And, and full disclosure, I'm, you know, a uh, uh, part of that. That's how I, I get to know you. And, and now I'm kind of trying to do what I can as well to, to help spread awareness. Right. One of the things I really love are the, uh, their online uh, support groups uh, that they, uh, yes. uh, support meetings that they run, uh, usually about once a month or every other month. And those are fantastic because that allows people who are uh, around the world. We've had people come in from New Zealand and from China and, you know, from right. Africa and, you know, where all these places are uh, North Dakota, you know, where there, there's not a big right. hub of people uh, necessarily. Right. And they can all get together and be like, hey, I'm around people who uh, understand what I'm going through. Um, you can turn your webcam on or off if you want. You know, it, it's totally up to you. Yeah. And, there's all different topics like, you know, uh, how do you deal with dating? How do you deal with, you know, uh, job interviews? So it's it's a really right. cool um, thing that they're they're uh, they're doing, and I, I'm just happy to try to help uh, in any way I can. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to start a, a podcast as well is just try to get to reach more people 
Um, because exactly. when I, you know, get sick, there was only one forum um, for Ramsey Hunt syndrome, and it wasn't a very happy place. It was uh, it was one of the yes. most depressing places <laughs> I had been to online <laughs> because no one goes on there and oh, is like, oh, I'm all better. I feel good. Like there's that's never there. So um, yeah, right, right, right. So now, so some people always say, you know, like, uh, you know, what advice do you have for somebody that's, you know, dealing with uh, facial paralysis or, or new to, you know, some sort of, whether it's from an injury or Mobius or acoustic neuroma or whatever, what, what kind of advice do you have when someone's uh, kind of freshly going through it? Oh my God, that's a loaded question <laughs> because, you know, advice, as I said, I, I'm old to this. But the people who are new to this, if somebody had come to me, let's say it, what happened to me then happened now, and somebody came to me and said, oh, you know, look up this online. And this, I don't know that I would have, because you have to mourn what you've lost. And as I said to you earlier, it, it, there's no timeline. It's that one day when you're tired of feeling crappy and you're yep. tired of being sorry for yourself. And, you know, but that's the great thing in this day and age. You can just click a button and you can just start reading. And maybe it starts with a reading. Just, I would, my advice would be just read. Just read. You know, you don't have to necessarily reach out right away or tell your story if you don't feel like it. But just read. And, and when you read about it and you look at things and you hear other people's stories, then you start to not feel so isolated and alone. And that's, that's a big enemy, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Isolation absolutely. You feel like yeah. you're the only one going through it and no one understands. And it's, it's just a, right. You right. Know, your whole world so becomes my a house. Is just, right. Right. Just, just read, try to get comfortable with understanding what you have and what you're going through. And time will tell and you will decide, you know what, I, I want to do something, whether I want to go get acupuncture or I want to, see this doctor's visa day or I want to join a support group. Everybody has to do everything in their own time. But my advice is after after you've had the, the pity party and after you've mourned the losses, get involved. Get involved somehow because that helps that helps you mentally. It helps you mentally to get out of that funk that you're in. Right, because that's also, you know, it's a little more social and you have, again, a, a bigger support group. And um, for me, it was always, I always tell people, uh, one, let your body rest, let your body heal. Don't, you know, push right. itself to do what it does because, you know, it may not be two weeks, it may not be two months. It, you know, for me, my eyes, right. I didn't see anything until over nine months. Some people it's a year, some people it's never. So you, you just don't right. know. Um, so I always just say, let your body heal, take it easy and just be kind to yourself because, yes. you know, mentally, I think it, it can be more challenging, uh, than, than, uh, physically sometimes. Yeah. So you're right. But it's you're a, right. it's a, a really interesting thing. And so now, you know, how's, how's life with you now? How, where, what's, what's going on now? Everything good? Everything is good. I'm getting old. That's not good. That's just not good. I don't give a shit what people say. Getting old is not good. I'm going to be 63 years old in a couple of months. I can't believe it. My children are grown. I'm a grandmother uh, to a little girl who is the apple of my eye. Um, you know, it's it's not bad. It's 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 okay. It's I, I'm calm. Uh, life is is good. Uh, 
As a matter of fact, Brian, I don't know if you were aware, I'm going to an award show on Sunday night uh, in Hollywood to give an award to Dr. Aziza Day. Oh, wow. And I can't, yeah, I can't believe it. It's called a Hollywood Beauty Award. And it's going to be online. And I mean, this, this show will probably be air after it. But it's like, I can't believe this, <laughs> that, that this little housewife from Massapequa, Long Island, is now going to be standing up on a podium giving an award to this wonderful doctor, a friend of ours. Uh, I'm honored to do it. I'm thrilled to do it. And uh, it, it, things are as good as they can be. I'm, I'm as healthy as I can be for this age, which is also a good thing. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, life is good. Excellent. Well, that's great. Um, and once again, if anyone wants to uh, read about your, your story, uh, they can uh, buy the book on Amazon, Getting It Through My Thick Skull. Um, and they can also, if they need to reach out for someone, there's always the Facial Paralysis and Bell's Palsy Foundation which can be found online. It can be found on uh, Facebook, on Twitter, all that sort of thing. Um, and do you have any other uh, final thoughts before we, uh, we, we go today? No, darling. I think we, we covered everything. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm glad to hear that you're getting things going and getting things together. And I think this is a wonderful thing that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I, and I, I really do appreciate that. And I, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the kick in the pants uh, from the last time we talked. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, that'll be a different podcast. Uh, but, right, uh, right, right. All right. Well, Mary right. Jo, thank you uh, so, so much for, for coming on today. And um, best of luck going forward. And we will talk to you soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you so much.